Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome back. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> no. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to How Come, the podcast where I, Remy Casimir, your favorite stand-up comedian who's never had an orgasm, talks about the fact that, oh, I've never had an orgasm. Uh, This week, I'm very excited. Our guests are Talia, the nurse in training, who knows all about the medical side of the vagina. And our wonderful guest co-host is my friend, comedian Emily Wilson. She is a producer for Babe.net. She's an outstanding woman, and uh, she has a web series that's coming out in the spring called Femme that I directed. Emily, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see your face whenever I can. Yes, you too. It's it's uh, it's very mutual. It's very nice. It's yeah. very 2018. Let's raise other women up. Yeah, I know. You're it's, like one of the few other women I know who it's like. We're both on the same page of just like, just love each other. Well, I was never like this, I must tell you. Oh, really? No, never, never. I, I think I was always very like, there always has to be like another woman I'm competing against. Oh, really? Yeah, always. Well, you weren't I, like that when I met you. No, no, no. But in like relationships and stuff, I've always been like, there's there's one, there's another girl and I just have to make him like me more than he likes her. Yeah, no, I feel Which is that. not a great way to... There's a lot of pinning a lot women of, against other women. But that's like how we're brought up, which yeah. is like a whole other podcast. We're going to talk about other things about how we've brought up, but a yeah. lot of them are just like how weird it is to look at your vagina. Yeah. Um, so that was my assignment this week was to look at my gine. To look at the cooch. And uh, what did you th- do you think it went well? Do you think I came from looking at my vagina? I wouldn't. <laughs> I would guess that you didn't just because I didn't. <laughs> I've seen them. Yeah. Every vagina is gross <laughs> to look at. Like, there's no way I would get turned on from looking at that. No, honestly. So what I did before that I was really proud of myself, because on episode two, Lindsay was like, I don't shave for guys. I shave for me. Yeah. And I was like, that's so true. Like, I even when I'm like masturbating or whatever, like get like grossed out by myself if it's not perfect. So I like, I like treated it like I was taking myself on a date. Yeah. I showered, I did body lotion, I like shaved my entire body. I like, I like smelled good. I put on candles. I like, yeah, yeah, I like also to mask a little weed smell, but um, candles, put on 40 days and 40 nights, was trying to get all like into the groove. And then I looked, but once I got down there, I was just so confused by everything that yeah. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I yeah. looked for a while and I, we got acquainted and I really do like it. I just, yeah, I think it's a good thing to do outside of the context of like horniness. Like I think looking at it and getting to know it, it's a good thing to do in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. Just to know your vagina better. Right. And like, just to know, like, are you going to have to pull skin back in order to get to a certain area? Are you, you know, some Mm -hmm. clits aren't exposed. Some are like really hidden in there. Some Mm -hmm. are grown on the outside. Everybody's shit looks different. Yeah. I only realized like a year ago that I have what's called a Homer Simpson vagina. What is that? Which is my vagina when standing looks like Homer Simpson's mouth sideways. Oh my God. Wait, that's also the Nicki Minaj vagina. It's like an innie. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was even a thing. Until um, my best friend and I were looking at, we're comparing our vaginas and we have the opposite looking vaginas. Like everything of hers is out and about, mm-hmm. playing out to play. Mm-hmm. And everything of mine is like hidden inside. Does she have an easier time coming than you do? Do you know about her coming life? Or um, we're, we're pretty much the same. Same. Yeah, we're both. So really, yeah. it doesn't matter. Different looks of vaginas don't necessarily mean that they work any differently. No, or, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so yeah, that assignment didn't go, I, I mean... Usually this first half we just talk about assignments and this one didn't go well. So this is going to be, re- I mean, okay. Um, all right. Just so we don't end your segment on too dark of a note, because we like to keep it fun in here. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about the first time you came, Emily. The first, uh, well, actually, I don't know if it was with a guy or by myself. They were both in seventh grade. I okay. came with a guy in seventh grade and I came by myself in seventh what? grade. But with the guy... With the guy, it was simple enough. It was dry humping. And mm-hmm. like I purely had an orgasm from that. And mm-hmm. I like drooled and it was insane. But when it was by myself, 
I was always just like a very horny girl growing up. Like I remember in first grade seeing like kissing in movies and my vagina would tingle. Mm -hmm. So like when I got to whatever age, you know, seventh grade, I remember just like laying in my bed and like I was horny. So I had the instinct to touch myself. And then I just sat there for, it must've been like 10, 15 minutes. And then I had an orgasm and I like freaked out. And then I started masturbating like four times a day for the next year. <laughs> and then I calmed down. But it was like, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I had no idea what to call this. I didn't know if it was normal, if I was weird. So I just like kept it to myself and kept doing it all the time. I want to say it was with the guy first because Whoa. it probably made me realize that I can have these yeah. really amazing feelings. Yeah. And then it probably made me more horny and made me want to touch myself. Yeah. Bar mitzvah year was a real horny year for it me. It was. So much grinding and just so dry. So You left and right. Yeah. It was in all my in diary. I'll show you this entry. I have a page that was like, I grinded with all the hot boys last night and I wore a thong for the first time. This is what <laughs> my butt looked like. And an illustration. Yeah, I'm an adult. All right. So, Em, I just wanted to tell people about your videos also that you produce for Babe.net because you do a lot of um, educational awareness videos, stuff that I learned so much from, like... I'm going to post all of her videos because they're unreal. But like you, she does a lot of man on the street ones. Yeah. So the whole idea behind it, and it's so funny because I do these videos where I write little paragraphs that are relating to women, female anatomy, female orgasms, whatever. And then I leave in blanks and then um, I call man lib. So I have the guys try and fill in the blanks at different parts. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, to an extent, I know that it's not fair because like how would they know about some of the stuff that I don't even know about? Right. But the idea is to kind of like exploit that and and make these videos where we show like, yeah, look how much they don't know about right. things that we think they should know about. And look how much conviction they're saying that they know these things, but they really don't. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So those videos are great. I'm going to attach them to the Facebook page. Because, yeah. And you just started your own um, series on the female orgasm. I did, which you are in. Yes. Yeah, it's still in production, but the first episode should come out this week or the next. Um, and it's basically kind of like doing what you're doing in the sense that it's normalizing the conversation mm -hmm. about, around women coming. Yeah. And how it needs to be talked about in a more like... Open way. Open, positive, sex positive dialogue. And that's what we're all about at Babe anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we, we've talked a lot about us, but basically yeah. like, yeah, my... Uh, my assignment didn't go as planned, so now right. we're going to bring out wonderful nurse Talia, and she can teach us about the vagina and all other ailments that it's plagued by and all the wonders that come with it. So Talia, come on out. Yay! Yeah! Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, so yeah, as Emily and I were just saying, my last week's assignment was to look at my vagina in the mirror and try to manipulate it in some way and see how it changes and like it just I realized I don't know anything about my vagina I don't know where anything is like I thought that I did and now I'm not sure if if I know what the hood versus the clit is like are those normal problems that people come in with or I mean I think I haven't like counseled or provided any education yeah. on this particular matter clinically yet but I mean I know even with my own friends, I have some friends who are just like not like not have never met look. their vagina really. Yeah. And like I have like pinned one of them to the ground and like made them like be like spread eagle and be like, meet your vagina. Yeah. Like this is your clit. Like <laughs> and she's become cute. friends. Yeah, she's so cute. And like my kind of approach to it is like I can't expect anyone to make me come if I can't make myself come. Totally. And like I think that there's a whole lot going going on down there and like yeah. there are a lot of parts and everyone's anatomy can like present in different ways but like like okay so I'm looking at this book the right. book that's on the, the cover of my podcast is a real book that my friend Caroline gave me when she was like oh you have vagina problems here read learn about your vagina and it's called sex everything you needed to know by M and Lowe and it's like amazing um, but then you look at the graphic and try to compare it to your own vagina and it's a graphic it's not a photo. Right. And even if it was a photo, there's so many different vaginas that like, you know, like different there clips are so look different. Many different vaginas. Different lips look different. How, yeah. how did you, how do you become acquainted with your vagina? <laughs> Unless you're like sitting down with a doctor. Well, I think that trying to be aroused while also like investigating your vagina in kind of like a clinical way. I would imagine like wouldn't lend yeah. to like the most like <laughs> yeah. erotic uh, moment or so like I think that yeah. also like don't be too hard on yourself that you weren't able to like be aroused while also trying to like navigate the depths of yeah. your vagina. So then what's the point of looking? 
Well, I think like looking is just kind of like, I think you should be acquainted with like what you have going on down there. But like, I would recommend like kind of just like lying down in like a low stimulation room, you know, like lights off or wherever you feel Mm -hmm. most comfortable and just kind of like start like rubbing around down there and like see what feels good. No, I think if anything, like (laughs) I feel like looking at it makes it worse. Like I don't need to know all of that as long as it's like look feels good when I'm not looking like that's all I care about. Totally like you don't see guys like looking at the bras and be like, oh, my scrotum. Now I'm going to come like that's not no. But for some reason, I feel like if a guy did catch a glimpse of a scrotum, he'd be like, nice. Nice. My fucking scrotum. Yeah. And like we're trained to be like, don't look at it. Yeah. But this, that's our dick. Like, that's you should know your dick, even right. if it's a vagina. Fun fact. Okay. The, the clit is actually um, evolved. It's created from the same embryonic tissue that a penis is. So, like, yeah. your clit is is your kind of penis. is your penis yeah mm-hmm. we said it on yeah. last episode too and i like but like you just don't have tiny enough hands to jack off said <laughs> penis yeah but my thing is like looking at my vagina i'm like okay she's nice and yes it was difficult to stay aroused in that situation but like i was like ultimately this is a nice vagina i'm into it i'm not offended by it that's great however my vagina has caused me such drama like in just having a vagina daily um yeah i I frequently despise my vagina. <laughs> yeah. Just because it causes me daily like irritations discomfort. and discomfort and like I'm always worrying about it and it's I feel like because it's so functional during the day even when you're not using it whereas dicks don't really do anything except like get hard if you have a boner or right. release pee. Yeah. Like vaginas do so many other things just as a in order to stay healthy. Yeah. And I think and I'm not just bringing up like all these like annoying vagina things just to be like, oh, it sucks to be us and like there needs to be more research. It's like these are actually things that you're thinking about when having sex. And this is one of the first things that I t- my therapist asked me. She was like, um, I told her, I'm like, yeah, I don't have orgasms. And she's like, do you get sick a lot? Like, does your vagina get sick a lot? And I'm like, yeah, actually it does. Like I've been getting yeast infections forever because I was a dancer and I would always wear tights. Um, I like opened the floodgates to UTIs today, like this year because I was having like honeymoon cystitis, you know? Um, And she's like, well, no wonder like you're stressed. Like if every time you fuck someone, you're thinking, is this going to have a bad effect on my vagina? Am I going to be sick the next like two weeks? Like that's going to, you know, play into your mental part of fucking and mental and mental fucking is so much what that honeymoon issue is yeah um just in case you miss that honeymoon cystitis is uh essentially you get a uti because you've been fucking too much uh you're in a really happy nice area where you're just loving everything and then guess what mother nature just turns it's on its head and it's like hey fuck you for having a great time yeah i get that i get bacterial vaginosis when i fuck too much what is that that's um, just a simple irritation of your vagina. It seems like a yeast infection, but then when you treat it as a yeast infection, it doesn't go away. Uh, and it's just an irritation from like too much action down there. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, it's like the cool girl's disease. Yeah. But you would, <laughs> right. You would think so, but like, that's why I have a joke about it because whenever I get it, it's because I haven't been having sex for a while and mm-hmm. I'll have sex like twice in one night and my vagina is like, stop. Whoa, 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 no. whoa, whoa. And then I get back not to for you, assets. Emily. Yeah. Um, do you guys? You're studying both genitalia. Like, how many issues are there for men versus for women that are actually discomforting? Like, I can't think of a female or a male equivalent. I can't think of a male equivalent to the yeast infection or the UTI. That is like something that is so fucking debilitating. Like it ruins your day. If you're working, I'm sitting at my desk. I have to pee. Oh fuck. I have to go pick up antibiotics or whatever. I'm itchy that people's got like vulvodynia, vaginismus where like you literally like your vagina closes up. Like men can also get yeast infections and they can get UTIs. Like I was actually, I think it's also probably just an issue of, these things are not discussed and I think a lot of guys like if they have any discomfort are like holy fuck like I have some sort of disease and like and I don't want to talk about it or yeah. and they get it taken care of I mean I yeah myself. and like the even the stigma behind like um whether you shave or not like there's it matters more for women like mm-hmm. you don't think so much about if a guy how he keeps his how he grooms his dick but like 
if you're a woman who feels like you need to shave all the time, then you're going to have like itchy days two or three days a week. And then, oh, or if you like you itchy days. Yeah. And itchy that's just butthole a, when you think someone's coming over and they don't mm-hmm. and your butthole just itches. Yeah. 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 Charlotte said her life is just ruined right now by an ingrown. And I agree. Yeah. Except for there's nothing more satisfying I than pulling them out. Agree. Oh my God. I Get a nice little that. tweezer in there and it's whoop. Mm. Yeah. Or even like there when I have days where like for whatever reason that I will never know, there's a lot of discharge going on down there. Like that's so uncomfortable too. Also, no, there are more issues, I think, in um, older men. Mm. Um, I know that it is common for older men to actually get painful erections. Really? uh, That when they're getting hard, it's extremely, extremely painful. Wow. Um, Sad for them. I really yeah. am. I feel pity for anybody whose genitals are bothering them. I just yeah. feel like it sucks. it's mostly women. <laughs> you know, like, no, I don't know. Guys usually wake up with a boner. We wake up and like, oh, I'm fucking itchy. What did yeah. I do? Did I not pee after sex? Like, yeah, that's another thing is like, have you ever pushed through to have sex while your vagina's already yes. uncomfortable? I know I have. Yes. And it sucks. I have once sidebar, but was so damn yeasty and I used the penis as a kind of itching mechanism. Don't oh, I've tell done him. That. Don't tell him. I've done that. <laughs> I have done that. I'm it's, not proud, but I have. I'm not proud, but. Never saw that guy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't do that now because I know it's transmitted, but oh no. <laughs> but yeah, so I, Charlotte sent this great article um, by, it just came out uh, on theweek.com because it addresses a lot of topics. Um, It's called The Female Price of Male Pleasure. And it's by this uh, writer named Lily Loofborough. And she just puts it really succinctly. Basically, uh, the difference between a man having bad sex, what he calls bad sex, and a woman having what she calls bad sex are very different things. A man having bad sex means he's having what kind of sex? Boring. Boring. And a woman having bad sex means she's having... Extremely painful sex to bring her to tears yeah Yeah. and women are just supposed to grin and bear it essentially and in this article she's talking about how we've just been conditioned to let guys have a good time and like deal with all of your discomfort and essentially be a good host instead of being somebody who's taking care of herself yeah it comes on the heels of the babe.net article and Mm. you know we can talk about this because you work there yeah um i wanted to talk to you specifically about the hashtag me too movement and the piece you guys put out on aziz ansari and like basically that blew up the internet yeah um a lot of people were saying like me too's gone too far um we need categories for sexual assault um what was your take on the whole situation so i think a lot of the backlash that came from the article being released, which a lot of which did actually come from women as well, Mm -hmm. came out of a place of, I don't understand, so I'm going to get angry and get accusatory. Because a lot of people, when they can't understand why something is wrong, they choose to just get angry about it, and then they start putting the blame somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, like, in my opinion, what happened was so normal which is why it was a problem. So like the fact that every girl could read that and be like, oh yeah, I've, yeah, I've been there. But then not go, wait, hold on. This is problematic. This is, why have I been there? Why is yeah. it so easy for me to say, yeah, I've been there and laugh at it. But you're not like smiling laughing. You're like, Ugh. yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. all these women are, are, are experiencing that. And the women who are like brushing it off are the ones who were like, why is she complaining about this? It's not a big deal. Didn't take the time to look inwards and say, wait, I've had this too. This has made me uncomfortable as well. This should the, be a big deal. It should, right. And with it's not men, just you're a, a cool girl who's like, who's with it and gets what you do. Yeah. Like you cannot say you're a woman in your mid twenties and have never had reading an article and have never had anything similar to that. Every woman has, it's mm-hmm. like almost a fact, which is sad. And for the men who had so much backlash toward it, I think they were afraid to read that relate to it and say i've done that before oh shit that's wrong exactly yeah and i mean if you do read the full article there's never any accuse uh, accuse accusation accusation there's never i'm like accused (laughs) no one's ever accused him no (laughs) (laughs) if you read the full article there's never any mention of assault Mm -hmm. or rape there's never any of those words that people took clearly people who didn't read it Mm -hmm. like immediately took from Mm -hmm. it's simply a story about like 
sexual misconduct and like a, a bad situation and you know like the imbalance and it's of power. bringing that to light yeah and, and it, it kind of reminded me of cat person from the new yorker just yeah. with a name a famous name attached right. to it yeah. and it was this thing that a lot of girls responded to oh yeah i've been there too and this isn't necessarily an indication of is a sexual assault but it's something that we've been trained to put um somebody else's comfort in front of our own discomfort and so many people were asking like why didn't she leave why didn't she leave why didn't she leave mm-hmm. i was know, asking that i was too and then i first. read this the week thing and i was like holy shit right so yeah you guys you'll have to read i'm gonna post this on the facebook page yeah. and on the instagram um so that you guys can read the article too and, and let me know what you think right and like everybody was saying oh this was just a bad date this was a bad date but like you're not even thinking about literally the whole story she just said and what position she was in how she was so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. the number one question everybody was saying was why didn't she leave why didn't she leave nobody nobody said well why didn't he stop right nobody asked why did he keep going because he's been trained to keep trying because if a woman says no that actually means no i just need to be a little hornier yeah um, which is not necessarily what it means all the time. Right. Um, and I think that because it's it opens up a deeper layer and like a scarier conversation of the whole movement. That's why because like bigger public like bigger publications, I'm not sure exactly which ones I don't want to say anything incorrect, but had come to this girl about the story. Mm-hmm. And once they found out it wasn't anything like just blatant rape or blatant mm-hmm. sexual assault. They're like, oh no, it doesn't matter. But so why does when, it need to be that extreme for it to be taken exactly. seriously? Which as is why we uncomfortable experience. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, some of these things, yeah, it's terrible that they've happened. But this whole movement, it's great that we're having these conversations because how many times have you had sex with a guy just so he'd stop trying? Way more than I'd like to admit. Way more than yeah. you'd like to admit. Like I think of this one specific guy, and I'll never look back on it and be like, he raped me ever 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 mm. but i remember having the sex and being the entire time i don't want to be doing this i just want yeah. to be done and i don't like and it was bad for him too because eventually i didn't want to date that guy you know i didn't yeah. associate him with somebody who was fun and let me take my time i associated with somebody who badgered me to the point of come on let's just do it yeah you know yeah i even have friends who have by definition been raped like mm-hmm. not like pinned down mm-hmm. to it not like the scary thing we think of but like they said no and he put it inside mm-hmm. of her mm-hmm. and they still don't call it rape because they're afraid uh, like oh no it was just like i was just blah 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 blah. but like wait a minute everything you just told me in the story is rape right you've been raped but then then immediately there's the self-judgment of oh, well i don't want to be a rape victim exactly or whatever because a rape victim's a liar and a rape victim someone's weak and a yeah. rape it's like no 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 blame the person who did the thing not exactly. who had the thing done to them right yeah um so a lot of this is uh, I want to get Charlotte on the mic because she's here this week and she's done really great research. So, Charlotte, say some things. Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> I didn't need to be on the mic. <laughs> no, Remy and I actually had dinner the other night that we had been talking about um, what it's like for guys to hear about this stuff. And, like, we love guys. Guys are our best friends. Guys are our brothers. But it's very hard for them to understand because girls are the little ones physically, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have as often larger people who are threatening them like doing this kind of stuff to them and that's why I think it's it's just tough for them to grasp you know and I I understand that and I just wish that it wasn't so black and white in their heads um as if you've got boys who would never do such a thing and then you've got the monsters like this USA gymnast coach who Mm -hmm. is literally there I haven't heard one person ever say no he's okay like no all my guys are like, of course, this guy's a monster. Yeah, yeah. But there is a gray area yeah, where the and guys they don't we like also to acknowledge love. the gray area yeah. because it means if I they dip might my toe in into that gray area, does that make me a monster? Does it mean I fell in it already? But the yeah. thing is, is and this doesn't, I don't mean to cloud this whole conversation, but that's like a racist wondering, am I racist if they've done something racist? It's not bad for you to wonder that right. and check how you've been acting before. People can change. It's the yeah. people who don't want to at this point that are a problem. Right. Totally. That have been pitched all these articles and they're still like, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah, no, I like that you said that because there have been times in my life where a friend of mine who's of color or who's not white has pointed something out to me that I did that crossed the line to them and it wasn't even a thought in my head. And the fact that they explained that to me made me go, oh shit. 
and it totally makes you rethink the way you think the, about those things and, and it wound up being so much better for both of us because it's better for you as a person because yeah. you're not going to harm other people right. down the and line I don't, and you want to be known as that person yeah and, and I don't I'm want sure there's to a harm lot of somebody. guys who don't want to be having um, non-consensual sex with women but they've just been trained that no when she says no that just means try again yeah you know it just means convince me right can I interject? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that also a lot of it, like I think that a lot of the issues that come up on this podcast and and particularly re- related to this is like our discomfort. I think both like men and women with discussing sex in like a very like frank and transparent way. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the times, like I've definitely had painful sex where I've had to like tap out and just be like, you know, like. I, I can't push through and I'm disappointed. Like I'm frustrated yeah. with myself like, yeah. because a, like I, I, sex is, is fun for me. Like I enjoy doing it and I think that it can definitely like, yeah, you're you like, know, I don't want to dry up here. Right. Like I'm frustrated with myself. And then it's this like, also this added like self-consciousness of like, fuck, like I wanted that to be fun for, for both of us yeah. and for you. Like I think, I get off knowing that like I'm getting someone off. Sure. Like yeah. that's a turn on for me. And like, I don't, and I don't like see it necessarily like as a chore, like my obligation, but like, I, I want to get you like, I want to mm-hmm. be a great lay. And I think that like the fear or like the self-conscious of, of talking about that with your partner is like a big barrier. Well, and, cause like, you don't want to seem like a slut. Right. And I also don't want you to think that like I have some sort of like plagued or like dysfunctional vagina. Like right. I don't yeah. want yeah. you to like hold like hold this against me that like I had to tap out this one time. And yeah. I think but, that like I've definitely said like, you know, it's not you. It's just like my vagina really hurts. Well, I was going to say, but the reason why you feel that way is because no women ever speak up about their vagina. And so then these yeah. men have been conditioned to think that what they don't know is discomfort is like a woman enjoying herself question mark like they don't they've never had a woman tell them like what needs to be done what how they're feeling yeah like, just their general well-being in the situation have you ever been fucking a guy and he's like are you okay and he knows you're not okay because you're making a very pained face and instead of just being like yeah i'm not okay you're like well i'll get i guess this just sucks for me now i'll just wait till he's done literally almost every time i always put myself in that situation even though i consider myself like a fairly i don't know i feel like i'm not the kind of person who would like rely on a man's approval of me to feel like i'm okay no, but like, it's ingrained in you right and i have been like the last guy i had sex with a few weeks ago and like we were doing it doggy and he was going way too hard but like I knew that if he continued for like a little longer, he'd come he'd and it would be, be over. Yeah. And he actually said to me, he was like, are you okay? Like, do you, like, am I, is this too much? And like, I just bared it. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And like, I just let him keep going because in my head, I was like, this is easier then, than me having to explain to him. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So I'd rather just take the pain for like two more minutes and then go to sleep. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Which I know is wrong. Like, I'm no, not no, proud of that. No, no, no. It's, it's just something that we, we do. I've yeah. definitely done that. And I think that, like, I've gotten, I've stopped doing it because I think I've gotten more comfortable probably because, like, mm-hmm. I have been learned to, like, talk about things from, like, a very, like, objective clinical standpoint. And right. then, like, I will stop and be like, it hurts and this is why. Yeah. And, like, at the same, like, if a guy doesn't understand or, like, dismisses me, doesn't want to sleep with me again because, like, my vagina malfunctioned, like probably not, not the someone best guy. I should continue sleeping <laughs> with anyway so like I kind of see it as a moment to like I ac- will actually like like a guy a lot more if he's really like caring oh, and yeah. considerate like oh yeah it means they're mature I, totally like I had a guy like I had this like my like, surgery like I had a bleeding in my uterus no big deal okay. I'm totally cool okay. I have no diseases Great. or I'm not infertile but like I told this guy that I sleep with regularly about it and I was like just so you know like I might bleed I'm should be in the clear but like that's a possibility mm-hmm. and like his reaction was the most perfect thing he like didn't even say anything he just got up got a towel and he was like li- like lift your butt up for a second like put it underneath me and he's like we're good to go that's he's, like, so no nice. he's like he's like i don't care what a sweet and I was, like, nice this man is why like you're like my favorite person yeah he's, like, yeah this is a moment where you could have made me feel totally rejected and like disgusting but instead you were just like 
But that's the thing. And I think like maybe it's not the Emily's a lot younger than we are. So you grew up in a different high school generation. But like definitely like when I would hear about guys having sex with girls, the first thing they would always say is like the grossest thing. I saw a piece of toilet paper in her butt or like is she made queef like all this like gross stuff. And I'm like, excuse me, you're having the most fun thing ever. And that's what you're taking from it. Like, fuck you. I'm never fucking any one of you again or whatever. But then a man who's been around the block and doesn't need to... Right, he's totally confident, like, right. Yeah, right, Char? Maybe you want to chime in on uh, the article, just because... Well, to her point, like, the fact that he asked, are you okay? Kudos to him. I'm proud of him. Yay. I don't think most guys would ask. That's a great thing. But it's also our job to be like, no, can we change it up? And that is so hard, and I don't know why. I think even not sexually... Like when I was eight, I let a horse step on my foot because I was too shy to tell the person leading it to get off of me. (laughs) I was eight years old. Like I didn't, I just sucked it up. And like the pain part is what's so interesting. So this was from the article that uh, we were talking about. And it says, this tendency for men and women to use the same term, bad sex, to describe experiences an objective observer would characterize as vastly different is the flip side of a known psychological phenomenon called relative deprivation by which disenfranchised groups, having been trained to expect little, tend paradoxically to report the same levels of satisfaction as their better-treated, more-privileged peers. So it's like, we think we're talking about the same thing when we're saying bad sex, and our definitions are wildly different. See, that's really funny, because the guy that I was with, who I just told you about, like, the next day when I told told my friends about it, I was saying, like, it was really good, like, we had good sex. Right, because it was good. It wasn't until you- that bad. Right. So compared to everything <laughs> yeah. else, like, no, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. If they're not that bad, it's it's considered good. Girl is almost better than good sex. Oh, I totally girls. agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Charlotte just off mic said that she thinks good sex for a girl is can be much better than good sex for a guy. And 100% I agree with that. Because- I mean, what I've learned about myself at least was... When I was in high school and um, my gen, no one was like that mean about sex, Mm -hmm. at least in my high school. But nonetheless, like every time I had sex, it was for the guy. And like, I never came once. It was all about like, does he think I'm hot? Is he having fun? Is this good for him? And like, I must be having fun because he is too. And, And so I thought I was just this girl who like, liked to have sex with everybody. And then I got into my first relationship. And when I started having like, emotional sex it to this day was like the best sex I've ever had like yeah and I had had orgasms before like with other men too but like when it was so emotional for me it was it was so much better and so I think that like sex for guys while it can be emotional like it can be for women I don't think the reward for them is as rewarding when it as is emotional emotional for women yeah because I think that our um like genitalia the way it's the way it comes is way more attached to our emotional system these are so not the right terms but like Mm. i think our orgasms are way more attached to like who it's with how we're feeling and like what else is going on with us mentally than it is for men because if you think about it like when men get hard Mm -hmm. think about all the blood that has to leave their brain and the rest of their body just to get like a penis (laughs) erect yeah whereas for a clitoris like you need what like a a 20th of the amount of blood mm-hmm. so your brain is still so active during that time that oh, like wow you must you need to be in the right place yeah. for it to still for them to both work yeah well yeah i mean i i completely agree i think that like i the best sex that i've had a is when i feel like like i trust the person and also like are when they're equally as invested in my like enjoy like in my pleasure and like my ability to have an orgasm as I am in theirs and like because that's when I feel like the most relaxed and that's when I can divert like some of the blood away from my brain and like all the activity that's going yeah. on up there to like actually allowing myself to be stimulated like your your clitoris needs to be engorged a certain amount for you to achieve that level of sensation to even like allow you to get to an orgasm yeah Yeah. and like it grows like your clitoris becomes engorged and so like you do need a lot of blood to get there and when you're like in your head and you're so like worried and you don't want to like offer changing position or you don't want to like readjust yourself because you don't want to like ruin the experience for the guy like that's gonna impact your ability to reach an orgasm and so I think that like 
for me at least, like trust and knowing that a guy cares like about my enjoyment um, is what allows me to kind of like be in the moment and mm-hmm. actually really in- enjoy the sex. Do you know what I was just thinking? And this could be wrong, but just reading that article from the week, like we're not trained to believe that they care about our pleasure either because we've been trained to care about theirs. So even when a guy says, I do care about you, I'm like, I don't trust that. Once you trust a person, specifically a guy, you can put away, okay, well maybe he's not like every other guy and maybe he actually does genuinely believe that it would be nice to get me off. I think also, and like you can have great sex with a guy that like you have no like established intimacy or emotional relationship with. And like, I completely agree. You can just tell that he's someone who like, I think is like a sexy, sensual guy. Yeah. Like he gets it. Like he knows what he's doing. Like he's all about, yeah. Like he's all about like sex as an act between two people and not just like, okay, you're a hole to get me off. Like Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. I want to make you feel good because I think that like any guy that I've spoken to, they agree with me that like they get off knowing that I'm getting off. Mm. And sometimes I think that like, to, to take a, a guy's perspective here, like I've uncovered, there is like a lot of guys just don't really know a lot about like the vagina. I mean, I have one and I don't know a lot about right. it. And yeah. like I was talking to a guy, we were talking about, you know, do you use lube? I personally have never, never used it. Like I think that it's a great thing and can mm-hmm. be like wonderful for a lot of people. Um, And a guy was like, no, like I've never used lube. If I have to use lube, that means like a girl like isn't turned on. I was like, that's not necessarily true. Like there are a lot of conditions, a lot of other factors that affect a girl's ability to get sufficiently wet. And sometimes it dries up and like, they were like, really? Like what? And I'm like, sometimes some medications like antidepressants can I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. uh, Because that's something that we talked about last episode, even with a guy who's on Adderall and it's taking him 20 minutes to come where usually would be five or whatever. And I've had a lot of, I had an older woman come up to me and she's like, I don't come anymore because I'm on Klonopin or whatever. I'm on Lexapro. Um, I love it. It is my favorite antidepressant in the entire world. It's the only one I've ever been on. But I love it. But I was talking to Talia about this the other day and apparently that's like a huge inhibitor. Right. Yeah. I mean, there the research definitely like antidepressants um, as a class of drugs definitely do have um, like sexual dysfunction as a side effect. And that can, you know, cover a whole like array of of issues. Like a lot of people have a decreased libido. But anecdotal anecdotally, I've read that some women experience like a diminished ability to have an orgasm mm-hmm. as a result on being um, on SSRIs, particularly uh, which Lexapro is right. one of them. And so, I mean... But that's a decreased libido, not necessarily, like, knocks out orgasms. So, um, one one story of a woman that I read, she actually, her libido was the same. She was mm-hmm. a very sexual person, but just could not reach an orgasm mm-hmm. um, as a result of being on SSRIs. And so, I mean, that's... A com- I'm not saying um, stop taking your medication. That's definitely not something that you should right. do <laughs> without talking to your provider. No, my like, whole family would be so pissed. Yeah, like, it's, that's a very, like, dangerous thing to do. But I think that if you are experiencing these kinds of symptoms, it's definitely a conversation that you should feel comfortable um, talking, like, with your provider about. And also, just, like, just so you know, there is nothing that you could say to your doctor that would weird them out. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you pretty much that they have That's heard. That's a lot of what I'm thinking such, a lot of like, I'm like, I don't want to be like their no, weird no, no, no. patient. You they are like me to yeah. this point. You're really <laughs> not. Like, they have heard some of the weirdest, craziest shit. Like, it's not even registering. Like, oh, my God, that girl's a freak. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're doing a disservice to yourself. By, and I, it's not just you. I think that a lot of people feel you know, like uncomfortable or awkward admitting those things. These are very vulnerable issues to talk about, but Mm -hmm. like talk about them. Yeah. I think everybody should talk about, yes. That article was saying how one of the biggest problems though is like these women have approached their doctors at times, um, male doctors specifically, a lot of them, and they don't have vaginas. They don't know. So they're like, they're like, oh, you're fine. Like, if you're having issues during sex and it hurts and those things. It's oh, just yeah. Like, they're like, well, that's what sex that's feels like, like for a girl. That's what it's like. You got, you know, you just don't have that same sort of desire there. And that's crazy. Right. And not true. Yeah. I just, okay. So this article also opened my eyes up to like how little studies are done on women's like painful thing. I know we were talking about that, but this is just a clip it from it. She goes, 
Or se since sex is a subject here, what about how our society's scientific community has treated female despair and noia, the severe physical pains some women experience during sex versus erectile dysfunction, which, while lamentable, is not painful? PubMed has 393 clinical trials studying diasporina. I don't know that word. We're going to have to look it up. Vaginismus, 10. Vulvodynia, 43. And erectile dysfunction, 1,954. Can you guys, as the medical community, do more for us, please? I will do my best. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Talia. Thank you, Talia. We've got a representative on the inside now. Okay, no, can I... A mole. Okay. Yeah. I was also going to go through some of the things that, like, actually inhibit, A, sure, libido, but also, yeah. like, orgasms. Um, okay. Alcohol, tobacco, blood pressure meds, antidepressants, and other prescription drugs. But like, Charlotte, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. A lot can do that. And no, but you had said something interesting earlier that like if you go to the doctor and you say that I'm not coming a lot, they associate it with lesser of a libido. And that's two different things. Right. I'm not coming versus I'm not horny. Totally. Yeah. I must tell you, I am horny. And I think it's probably something that's just like the the appropriate follow-up questions just aren't being asked because decreased libido is the most commonly reported side effect. Um, but, and it's kind of a crazy thing to separate in your mind that you could have, um, like you could be sexually aroused and not be able to climax. Well, and you mm -hmm. can also have the opposite. My coworker the other day told me that she has orgasms during really high moments of stress without any stimulation. What? So there, yeah, so there was one time, she's had them like three times in her life and they were all in the past two years. So she, there was one time when she was still in school and her professor called her and told her that she had missed her final. And her, she said she felt like she was about to die because she was so stressed out and she came <gasps> right there. She had to move the phone away because she was having a full out orgasm. Holy and then she brought the shit. phone back and was like, sorry, I dropped my phone. Had she ever done that before? That was the first one. And then she had two more after that different times. But she says like, she said it's like scary amounts of stress. Like I've probably never felt like in, in that short amount of time. So like yeah. way too much stress over like the course of 30 seconds and she just comes. But it's, it wasn't, like, the first time it happened, she freaked but out. She's she like, oh, my God, I just came from finding out this terrible news. that like. But she comes normally. Yeah, she can. She okay, can, so yeah, she yeah. knew what was happening. Yeah, she knew it was an okay. orgasm. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but, and That's I also nuts. think that, yeah, my, one of my best friends, like, she, like, I think your early sexual experiences totally um, affect your later ones. Because one of my best friends, she lost her virginity to a long-term boyfriend, um, and since then has never been able to come with any other guy, hmm. but none of them have been boyfriends. Whereas like I lost my virginity to someone who I didn't give two shits about. Um, and then when I had a boyfriend and had sex with him, I was like, Oh, but because th those early experiences yeah. were, um, m my first knowledge of sex. Now I feel like it helps that I'm still able to come with other guys because right. I, I didn't have any emotional attachment yeah. to my er first experiences. I think also back to your point earlier, Remy, you were saying that like any time, you know, like growing up with boys, like I think we've had similar, um, like growing up in, in New York, like you have a lot of guy friends yeah. and like as do I. And like I've I've been around guys talking about, you know, like their sexual experience the night before. And it is, it's like this like machismo thing of trying to like be, you know, like the stereotypical like man or like, you know, showing off. And like a lot of the time that does happen by like making jokes or talking about like the gross parts. Mm -hmm. and I think some of that is like a defensive coping mechanism, but also like I can't really think of any guy that I know who is sitting around with a group of friends of their friends the next day being like, guys, like I couldn't get her to come. Like, no, what do yeah. like, what, like, what do I do about it? Like, have any of you like, yeah. like, I don't think that guys have a readily, a readily available source of information to address some issues that they come across. And like, so in a strange, like they also don't really, like, it's, it is their fault in, on some level for like not seeking out the answers. But I think that, they're equally as repressed in certain ways in yeah, that like they 100%. don't have people that they can talk to or be like be yeah. vulnerable and being like she had to stop because it hurt like 
yeah who is do that I, is that do weird I, yeah. like what do i do like and i don't even think they know when a woman doesn't come because like i did one of the videos i did for babe the first one i did was i asked guys about the last time they had sex and if they came and they all obviously said yes and then i asked if the woman came and like while a good amount of them obviously said no a, a good amount of them all said um I think she did. Uh, I, and like that was the first time they were even thinking about it. So like when it was happening, they were like, yeah, she probably did because I had a good time. Why wouldn't she? But it never registered until then I asked them about it. And then they were like, well, yeah, I mean, like she was wet and stuff like they genuinely don't know. And that's that's totally fair. Like I would I, I was a guy. I wouldn't I don't think I would know. It's not like there's like jizz everywhere. This conversation is so not about like guy bashing at all. Right. They also don't have outlets to talk about this, even more so because for them, these discussions are so taboo. Like anything remotely vulnerable and not macho is like definitely not going to happen. Yeah. What is it like for a guy on the opposite end? What if he suddenly couldn't get hard one night? Is that profoundly embarrassing to him? Yeah. And like as a woman, how like in the past thinking back on it, how have you reacted when a guy couldn't stay hard? Like, was it really nice? It's okay. Or was it more like, I, when that's happened to me, I thought it was my fault. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm always like, oh no, I did this. Did I look fat? Was my butt jiggling too much? Yeah. I should look at my butthole tomorrow morning and see if there's anything wrong with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think because like we equate a guy's like interest in you or like how into, they, into you they are like based on, you know, like are they hard when we're like hooking up? Mm-hmm. And so if that doesn't happen, it's like, I think, yeah, I think instinctively my first question is like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. And then also like, if I know that it's because they're super fucked up or they've, you know, done drugs or are super drunk, that, mm-hmm. like, that is a, a consequence sometimes. And I'll be like, no worry, like, it, it's cool, I get it. Yeah. I've spoken to, I've asked two guys about this. Um, and both have, I think, yes, guys do get self-conscious and think that it's something about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all men, the, the two that I've, I've asked this question to. Um, definitely take it personally. And then when I've said to them, I was like, just so you know, like a woman's, a woman's ability to get wet can be in, impacted by a lot of like many external factors. Mm-hmm. They were like, Oh, like really? Like this, they had no idea. It's really nice. Um, I've been getting a lot of guys writing in about the podcast, which I didn't think would be a thing so much as I thought guys would try and listen to it and be like, Oh, I want to hear about this girl who can't come and then I'll make her or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, there, those, there have been inbox messages that you just haven't been with the right guy, whatever. But there have also been really thoughtful messages that I've gotten that are like, wow, this is the first time I'm actually hearing things from your perspective and hearing that you guys wouldn't mind be a guy being, uh, sensitive to your needs or whatever. Like, cause we've always been taught that like me first, you know? And like, there are guys who really want to learn, but nobody is socialized to think that they should or uh, believe that they will. And I think a lot of this, like a good majority of it, comes from the discussion around heteronormative sex, like growing up and what you learn about it. Because like I've had sex with women before, and I guess since that area, since like gay sex is not even talked about at all in school or anything like nobody ever really Mm -hmm. at least when I was growing up it's just there's so much definition of like this is what sex is when you're in health class or whatever it's like sex is determined by how many times the guy comes or whatever because that's what sexual intercourse is sex sexual intercourse is to make a baby Mm. but that's not set like all the entire act of sex is supposed to be so that both people orgasm yeah Yeah. i mean i think also like (laughs) guys like teenage boys are learning about sex from porn Mm -hmm. like i think it is kind of it can be aggressive at times and like the guy is kind of just like pounding or railing Mm -hmm. this girl yeah i think you internalize that message somewhere along the line yeah and i feel like that 
in addition to the fact that women, most women don't watch nearly as much porn as guys do, but we watch all these rom-coms with like these yeah, passionate sex totally. scenes that are so fake. So we're on this end thinking we are sex bo- is yeah. so emotional and all this stuff. And guys are on the other end thinking it's like violent. Just like, yeah. yeah. So like when we come together, it's we like- We gotta meet in the middle. Yeah. But we, we don't think about those two things. But meeting in the middle so is, is, the, is that's where it is. Yeah. That's where, That's yeah. where you come. Let's come- Everyone come to the middle. Uh, that's my little ditty. It's it's called yeah. Come to the Middle, and it's going to be out on iTunes yeah. this fall. But I also think <laughs> how you were saying how in health class you're taught that like sex ends when the guy comes. You're oh, also I didn't even just, believe that lesbians could have sex because I was like, oh, what are you doing? You're just mushing your giannies right, together. Yeah. But like, yeah, they are, they're having more better sex than you are, Remy, yeah. because they both know what they're doing, Remy. Remy. <laughs> But also, like, <laughs> when you're taught about sex, not only are you taught that it ends when the guy comes, but you're also taught that, like, you're only taught about it in in regards to reproduction. And you're yeah. not... And because the male orgasm is attached to being able to reproduce another human being and the female orgasm isn't, you don't really learn... Like, I didn't even know that I could come. Right? Like, you don't... Nobody teaches you no. these things. And so you're just meant to think that, like... Of course, it's all about the guy because we have to make him make sure he gets off yeah. in order if we're going to have a baby. So, yeah. like, I'm there for him to make sure that that can happen. And mm-hmm. you're not even taught about any of your own uh, capabilities. Yeah, it would be weird if my health teacher taught me about, like, the art of coming. Yeah. Coach P, I love you, but I, do, I would not have liked that talk. So yeah. I don't know who is supposed to... Explain why sex is fun and how it's supposed to feel good. Who comes in at what point in your life? Like, what would be healthy? I feel like it should be in middle school, and I do think, like, the two classes should be separated by gender because a lot of the times girls feel uncomfortable about it being talked about in front of guys and vice versa. What do you do for trans kids? Well, that's, like, now we're getting, I don't know. That's a good question. Or it should be based on your plumbing. Like, you have a vagina right now? Well, that's what I mean. I said gender, but I meant... Oh, separated so, by sex. Right. Okay. So uh, if so, sex, yeah. yeah. Separated by your Se- biological. Yeah. Separated by your biological sex. And yeah. I think you should be taught, like how your body has an orgasm mm-hmm. traditionally, and like the different erogenous zones you have. It they don't have to say like a penis gets inserted or like blah blah blah. They could say stimulation of this because that's that way it's not like heteronormative. Mm-hmm. And you should be taught because people are starting to fuck in middle school and like. That's when you start to learn about like everything you're capable of and like all the norms and whatnot. So why not like have a professional step in there and teach you like how to actually do it and what's right and what's wrong? Um, I think also like just to clarify, for me at least, like don't think that like if a girl doesn't have an orgasm during sex that it should be considered like a failure. Like there are some times where like I just don't no, have sex fun. during it. It's still fun and like I've had plenty of times where like I haven't had an orgasm while we're having sex but then like when he finishes like immediately he's like either like going down on me or fingering me like because he's like I'm pretty transparent when Mm -hmm. I've had an orgasm or not and like I and so like I can have an orgasm afterwards and that's still like an enjoyable sexual experience for me so like I think guys shouldn't feel pressure necessarily that like if a girl doesn't come when we're having sex that like I failed or it was bad or whatever like there are other ways to like I can have an orgasm before we have sex after Mm -hmm. during twice before and after like (laughs) I've had consecutive like it's there's no like number on it just like make it fun and make it like I think you want to feel like somebody is invested in your like yeah yeah um, I, th- you also brought in some really good notes and I just want to touch on them a little bit. Um, so we've kind of been talking about like the downsides of the vagina and how sick she gets and how she itchy and he, she not so fun sometimes, but we also have some really great facts about the vagina and there are like 16 different ways. So there are 16 different ways. Somebody sent me an article that it can come. There are 18 parts of the clit is what yeah. you sent me in your notes. I did not know that. With more than how many nerve endings? 8,000. 8,000. And so that nerve ending interacts with 15,000 nerve fibers that service the entire pelvic area. Basically, studies have shown that all orgasms are actually clitoral orgasms. 
And there's like all this fuss over whether the G spot actually exists, you know, like the mysterious G spot. And guys think that they seem to have some like secret map of like where that where that is located. Mm-hmm. Um, and but basically, the G spot is debated to be whether it's it could actually just be the back end of the clitoris, um, like a nerve ending that is mm. um, t- that you can access basically like by stimulating it like posteriorly, so through oh. vaginal intercourse. Um, cause like the roots of the clitoris kind of go. So if deep you think in. that you're just like an inside man and you really can't do clit stuff or whatever, you ultimately are coming from your clit being stimulated one way or another. Mm-hmm. I think all of this can be taught. Yeah. I think like you'd, you'd benefit. M did a really great video on babe.net about squirting and how squirting yes. can be taught mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's, yeah. Women don't know that, but you can learn how to squirt. I'm going to link this uh your video to the page but there's like there's just a lot of knowledge that people are lacking yeah um and thinking that oh i'm born a squirter i'm born a not squirter like you can change throughout your sexual lifetime yeah so can you remy oh thank you charlotte you guys get that she said i could change and also foreplay is big like i think a lot of people like a lot of guys just like when you're there just try to go right in like mm-hmm. foreplay is huge like you need to get the blood circulating to that area like it takes time to get engorged and like yeah maybe a guy can get erect um faster but i think that like foreplay is huge and can have a dramatic impact on a girl's ability to ha- achieve an orgasm when you're having sex like personally i'm all about the foreplay yeah i am like, too i don't need to have intercourse that lasts an hour i would rather have like 30 minutes of foreplay and have three minute sex mm-hmm. than the opposite personally well, but also like if i'm getting that 30 minutes of foreplay then i probably want Don't. like 30 minutes of sex afterward if you're doing the proper foreplay oh right like, if you get me if in the mood yeah i want to play then i want to do the right. good sex too. exactly yeah yeah but i agree that if you do 25 minutes of foreplay probably you can get most girls to come and like the first 10 minutes of sex proper foreplay is yeah. it's supposed to get you there because guys don't require it as much yeah so they just think that you don't either because they just get a boner and that's it but we need like we need to warm up yeah exactly okay cool so uh first i want to ask talia just did you come across anything in your research that might make it easier to have an orgasm medically for women i know that there's a shot that you can get to your clit somebody said I'm I'm not I'm not familiar with that. I'll yeah, someone sent me an article it. on that, and then interesting. I know there are um, some like Wellbutrin is a medication that can be used off label uh-huh. um, to help. This is what I've come across in my research. Um, Viagra also can for also women work to increase blood flow to the area, as well as and I'm not familiar with this, but um, something called Scream Cream, which is hmm. basically. A specialty pharmacy can make it, and it's kind of like a cocktail of different um, different drugs that you can apply to your clitoris um, to increase blood flow, and pr- which helps promote an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some things to look into. Obviously, something to discuss with your provider before yeah. like buying it from some shady off you know online pharmacy. That yeah, I think I need just, to go to you my don't doctor wanna, in general just to ask her what parts I have. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> that like. I think that a conversation with your provider can be really awkward, but if you go into it just being like, here's my issue, this is really important for me to figure out, like, can you help me? Like, what are my options? Yeah, and totally. And they may not be familiar with it, and so, like, you can, you know, say, like, I've done some research, here are some things that I want to try out, and they may, you know, it's everyone is different. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely worth having a conversation with your with your pr- provider is sure. important. And I know all of your knowledge is not clinical. You actually have some life experience, too. Talia has had sex, you guys. It's pretty cool. I have. Um, Yeah, she's a pretty cool girl. Um, Do you remember your first time coming experience? Just because I ask all of the guests. So so the first time that I ever had an orgasm was by myself. And that's kind of why my whole philosophy is you can't expect somebody to make you come unless you can make yourself come Mm -hmm. um I think it was like in the seventh grade I want to say um I don't know if that's really young or weird that's a very normal age and I think I just remember I honestly haven't thought about it in a while this girl in my grade who I've god knows where she learned how to do it we were like on like AOL instant messenger Mm -hmm. and like I think maybe she was like 
talking about masturbating and um she was like this is how you do it and let's like instant like <laughs> she messaged you on AIM. <laughs> messaged me on AIM like if you do that like do this like lie down and just like rub your clit in like a circular motion um, uh-huh. and like something will happen fairly shortly <laughs> i was like yeah. i was like she's uh, like okay. the like, coolest okay. little aim fortune cookie rub your clit and something will happen uh, shortly. yeah mm. and she was like you'll know what it is when it happens and i was like well like how will i know she, you know and she's like you'll, you'll know. know yeah, yeah. and she's she was right like yeah. y- thank you sage one yeah like <laughs> it's a pretty like distinguishing sensation like you so, know you know when you've had one yeah and if you don't know if so you've had one you haven't when she yeah, told you how long did it take you from a i am to your bed oh probably like a minute a minute yeah <laughs> and then you would, and then you just did it oh. yeah i think I that's it. the way that i would have liked to find out hey here's a manual go do this okay yeah oh i had a good time thank you yeah like yeah. it worked nice tip I really think girls should be more comfortable sending tips. We need to be sharing stuff. Like people look at me like I had three heads when I'm like, hey, would you send me a nice porn that you like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I really like, I want to know what, what is getting other people off because it, it helps. If not just to feel not like a weirdo. Right. It, yeah. No, I mean, I think that just like, it's important to like for your own self-worth and like, I don't know, just like living with integrity. Like if something is bothering you or doesn't feel good or like, I don't know, hurts or just like there's a way to talk about it and there's a way for it to feel like a really big deal, but there's also a way to just, yes, I think that like, honestly, yeah, like you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so like at a certain point, like if a guy is consistently doing something that doesn't feel good or like is doing nothing for you, like you can't expect that to change if he doesn't, if he doesn't know. And there's a way to like totally emasculate him and like make him feel like shit. And there's Mm -hmm. another way to be like, listen, like this is what feels really good for me. Yes. Like you can give constructive criticism totally. instead of don't finger blast me. Be like, hey, Please. I really love it when you stroke my clit lovingly. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not sure if I've ever done that. You're like, you do it all the time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. You do it every day. What a good boy. Yeah. It's the same way as like Charlotte always makes fun of me when somebody, if I get my manicure done and it, they're doing it wrong, instead of saying something, I'll just glare at them and then I have a bad time, they have a bad time. The manicure doesn't get done properly and everyone's angry when they leave and yeah. you know, whatever. Well, the same is with sex. You can notice him down there cutting a cuticle the wrong way and just be like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to grin and bear this and then you leave not having a good time. Like, or you could be like, hey, that cuticle hurts. Yeah. Maybe you could file my thumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should just file. Yeah. Um, I feel like we learned a lot today. I'm glad. To Every, I'm so glad yeah. that you guys were able to take room in your schedules and your busy lives and your coming schedules too. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a Sunday and this is, you know, most people's relaxation day. Uh, but you came in and you did some great work and you taught me some really nice things. Yes. Um, Talia, I have to get an assignment from you because you are our main guest this week and you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. What do you think I should do for next episode? It's important to, I think that we touched upon some um, like pharmaceuticals that have mm-hmm. um, affected and I don't know the extent to which you've talked to your provider about that. So I think it's worth having a follow-up and a touch base Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, like is, are the symptoms that I'm having consistent with possible side effects of my medication? Are there any supplements that I can take or, you know, yeah. Okay. So would you, um, and I think also, you know, visiting your gynecologist or, you know, any women's health provider. And I don't think that anyone will object to you saying, can you kind of give me a walkthrough of my vagina? I think I need a walkthrough of my vagina. I, they've seen it all, right? Like, yes. Like we see disgusting things all the time. Like you'd be shocked the things that you find in people's cavity, like in, in their rectum, like a, <laughs> like a flashlight or, you know, like animals, like people do, people are into weird shit and not to like shame them because like whatever floats your boat. I mean, I hope some of the things that they're engaging just, in aren't safe. We're good. Um, But like, yeah, I'm fairly confident that anything that you could approach your your provider with um they'd be like that's it like and like listen like education is huge and so 
Like Miss Frizzle never did an episode down the birth <laughs> canal or up the ovaries or anything. Nope, it was always the stomach. Yeah. You never see yeah. any magic school bus on the clip being mm-hmm. like, this is a very important place, children. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah. I'm excited to visit my doctor and ask her what's up with me. Um, I'm excited for you to become a nurse. Maybe I'll have you look at my vagina yeah, someday. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Charlotte, thank you for being here. Emily, where can people catch you in the next few weeks? Um, as of now, the next Emily Wilson show is February 21st. Amazing. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm, I'll just be trolling on the internet. And Talia, would you like people to follow you and ask you questions, or shall we just keep you anonymously Nurse Talia? Anonymous Nurse Talia, only because I don't have the time to respond to your questions, and that gives me anxiety, okay. not being able to answer send people. Your questions, send your questions to me for <laughs> Nurse Talia. And she can redirect them to me. Exactly. Um, thank you guys one more time. Um, this is just a fun thing that I ask at every episode, just to get it ingrained in everyone's culture. Uh, so Talia, I care about this. Did you finish? Yes. Okay. And Emily, I care about you too. Did you finish? Yes, I did. Okay, you guys. Thank you for coming. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Literally every episode. Ah. It's not you, it's me. I try so hard to finish honestly. They say you'll know when you go all the way from A right down to O. Oh no, I think that I still got a ways to go. Oh, oh. I'm sick of this and I have got to know. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just.